How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Whoa, Dad, we're on. Crunch Island. It's Jean Foot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last crunch berry. No. No one steals my crunch berries. I think you mean my crunch berries. Choose your own crunch venture with Captain Crunch. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So. No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. College baseball fans, it's time for the D1 Baseball Podcast with Mike Rooney, Aaron Fitt, and Kendall Rogers. Let's win every podcast. Now, here's the pride of the Newtown Edgemont Little League, Coach Rooney. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the 51 Minutes of Heaven we call the D1 Baseball Podcast. I am your host, Michael Patrick Rooney. Today's episode brought to us by our good friends at S2 Cognition. S2 Cognition delivers a revolutionary approach to helping athletes understand how in-game decisions, swing decisions, impact their performance from youth levels all the way to the pros. Check out their website, S2 Cognition. Ask about an assessment. If you're a young hitter or the the parent of a young hitter, whether it's baseball, softball, find out about, am I making good swing decisions? Where can I improve in the area of swing decisions? It is really, really good stuff. Um, as always, I am, I am joined by my three amigos here, the great Zebediah Fit, um, future Icelander Joseph J. Healy, and the Klein Bengals Director of Player Personnel, Kendall J. Rogers. Gentlemen, good afternoon, good evening. How are we doing? Hello, Coach Rudy. Hello, yeah. or as they would say in Iceland, hello. Hello. Joe, <laughs> Joe, could you find out if there's any youth football teams in Iceland that decline, as the Klein Bengals just lay waste to the entire Houston Metroplex, maybe there's a team in Iceland that can give them a game. I mean, look, you can't declare yourself world champs unless you take on somebody from the rest of the world, you know, so that's, that's I'm sure it's on tap. I'll, I'll keep, I mean, look, here's the thing. I have a lot of, I have a high level of confidence in the Klein Bengals, however, Thank One you. thing we do know about these people who live in Northern Europe is they, they create some big people. Like if you ever look at, yeah. like they, they tend to be good at, at sports like, you know, volleyball and, you know, their soccer, their national soccer teams tend to be big people. So like, you know, they have Viking blood in them. Right. So look, I'm not saying that they're necessarily going to give the Klein Bengals any trouble, but there could be some size disadvantage there. We're gonna, the, the Bengals will have to lean on athleticism. I feel like if that matchup were to come to pass. Interesting. So I'm actually searching famous Icelandic athletes, and I'm not coming with any football players. It's more of a more of a leaflet but than an actual. Did you? Sport. But do you know anything about In- Ingemundur Ingemundarson? <laughs> not familiar with his work. A lot of, it's, a, it's a big handball country. You know, they're they're big on uh, handball. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Team handball. Yeah. You know, oh, like soccer. A, okay, so I have an inane banter topic, real quick. Oh. Are any of you guys playing pickleball? I played, played it one, I played it cool. once. So I'm, I'm am, getting a lot of I'm pressure from friends to play pickleball. Really? Yeah, there's like huge pickleball centers down in Houston. Like there's one about three or four miles from my house to that has like 18 courts inside of it. And it's packed what, all the time. What'd you think, Fitzy? 
I thought it was super fun. Uh, hey, it sounds like Joe, you, you're taking a class in pickleball. Is that what you said? I am. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the Durham uh, Department of Parks and Recreation. I'm taking a pickleball class on Fridays starting uh, after I get back from Iceland. It's going to be me. It's in the middle of the afternoon on a weekday. So it's going to mm. be me and the retirees there. Nice. So I'm looking forward to you know, smoking some 75 year olds on the pickleball. Dude, court so, here dude, so, <laughs> my, so not to be mean, but like, do we need lessons for pickleball? You really don't. It's less, well, but it's, it, Joe, it's you're, less you're, about the instruction and more just about like it's a good opportunity to get okay. and it's cheap. Like they don't charge very much. Like it, it's more just like getting the reps and having a guaranteed place to play and guaranteed partners and stuff like that right. so that I can like just get the reps. This is live, Joe. You've hired Tom House to instruct you in football <laughs> and you're looking to destroy people. You and your repaired knee are looking to take people I'll out. Well, I'll tell you yes. what, you yes. learn how to play pickleball over the next year and I'll learn how to play golf and we can all just come together as one big happy family in omaha next year yeah I, uh, you know i've heard speaking of in omaha i've heard that carl ravich is quite the pickleball player that's the it's word on the street really surprised me he's a great golfer yeah. too fitzy isn't he, he like an very, excellent golfer yeah yeah he's like a five four or five handicap didn't you beat him this past year i did not i, oh, I thought I, you beat him i've not beaten him uh I, th- I played like crap last time we played it was you did you did have her- berkey beat for two holes until you started talking smack and then he turned oh, it on man i was i was I laid it on thick. And oh, then he it just, was bad. Like, I poked the bear. He I was talking smack, and Berkey, Berkey walked up to me while Aaron's doing some putt, and he goes, all right, he's going he's to talk like that. All right, I got him. I got him. He and the rest me. of the way, it was just like this for fit. Yeah. It, it, it not <laughs> Chris sustain. from Louisville, don't want to uh, poke that bear. I will say this, guys. I am a uh, racket sports, paddle sports, and yeah, that's that's my alley. You know, like Joe, okay. I was a high school tennis player. Uh, really, I did not know that. About I'm a you. great ping pong player, Kendall. You might recall, I think I beat yeah, you I 20, 21 to good. two that time, something like yeah, that. It was bad. It was bad. Um, so, I, you know, pickleball comes. It's it's natural. It's easy. It's super fun. I say we all get together and I'll smoke all you. That guys. would be fun, actually. I mean, it it's looks quite the fun. It looks like not so great for my knees, but it looks fun. Uh, no, you'll be fine. You have right. the, the height height can help you because the, the smash is an important piece of the puzzle in, in pickleball. Okay. And so you, it, it's harder for you to get kind of lobbed in pickleball because of your height. So you've got a good smash angle. Like for for, for bite-sized people like Aaron and I, it's a little bit more difficult <laughs> to get the, the good people. smash. Yeah. Love it. For little for little people like you guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, All so right, runes, let's roll. We prefer, right we prefer bite yeah. size, Kendall. Bite <laughs> size. <laughs> right. Gosh, somebody, somebody, one time a scout, I heard a scout refer, I, I can't remember if I share this with you guys, but he referred to a, a, a small player in like the Nick Allen, you know, uh, Nick Madrigal phylum as a breakfast size player. I was like, <laughs> man, that is not an official term, but I like it. That is, yeah. what, if you eat a bit, what if you eat a big breakfast though? Yeah. Well, they, I also, know. I love the word phylum. I'm gonna give you plus two for that. It's a good pull. Yeah, that's a baseball America classic. Yeah, that's right that's, there. that's a, that's a Clint Longnecker classic right there. Oh, gosh, Clint he loves he loves the word phylum. Anytime we can get Clint referenced is is. I'm sure he's listening. Hello, Clint. Yes, hello, Clint. You are the best. Um, all right, boys. Two topics today. We are gonna quickly. Uh, well, maybe not quickly. We're, we'll talk about transfers very quickly, and then we will talk about, or not so quickly. And then I want to do a test drive of the website. We the fall is is a time where we generally see a lot of new faces on the website, and I, I just the website's got a ton of great stuff. And I think I'm as guilty as anyone of not really knowing everything that 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 vehicle can do you guys typically are way better at it than i am so i figured we would go around the horn and share some of our favorite features on mm. the website and, and actually show 
uh, people how to get at that stuff. So let, let me let me get on my soapbox box on transfers for one second. So Kendall, you've started putting out the list. We we did 130 transfers that are high profile, and anytime we publicize transfers, anyone publicizes transfers, there's going to be some discomfort out there, right? Transfers is a zero sum game. They're leaving one place and going to another. So let me just first of all say this. Hey, we have to publicize this. Like if you want to be in the know in college baseball, you've got to know where these kids are going. Like these are prominent players, right? These are good players for the most part. So, you know, to, to put our head in the sand on it is, is not functional, but I, I would say like the other side of the argument is this, is that we do tend to give a lot of stead to the transfers that are going well and that are happening. And when we don't, you know, like I'll, I'll bring up Ian Farrow, right? Like I'm not, I'm not, please don't take me as this picking on Ian Farrow, but two years ago, he sets the school record at FGCU for home runs, 21 home runs, 74 RBIs, has a great year. My assumption is that he transfers to Miami thinking that's better for my drafts status. And he was a part-time player at Miami, you know, and right now he's back in the portal and I don't know where he's going, if he's going to play college baseball next year. Now, for all I know, Ian Farrow, this is, he's totally cool with all this. Like he shot his shot and it's all good. Right. But it, you know, I, I get that. Like, we're not going to publicize, we're not going to have a hundred and top one thirty didn't go well on the portal. Right. Like that's just not what it's going to be, but you do have to know who transferred where, like that just, you know, we, we have to, that news is important if you're a college baseball fan. So you know, I, I just I'll open the floor to you guys. I just wanted to say that out loud because I, I can feel people squirming as yeah. we put the list out there. And but it's 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 not only a very fair thing for us to do, in my opinion, it's something that we we'd be irresponsible not to do, quite honestly. Yep, I agree. And, and you know, I have had coaches reach out and say, hey, you should write about these cases where it didn't go well or a guy, you know, really. We're, again, that's just not <laughs> we're just not going to do that. We're not we're not looking to making we're not looking to make anyone look bad. Um, you know, especially we're talking about players here, like, you know, they don't want us writing about how crappy they were at their new school or how they were buried. Like, you know, it's not, it's not good for anyone. We're not going to, we're not going to do it. And so like, and you have to assume things too, right? Fitzy to do like, I'm like, I want to make that clear about Ian Farrell. I'm using it as an example because statistically it didn't go great, but maybe socially, academically and happiness wise, it went perfectly, right? Like you just, we can't assume that we don't know that. Yep. And, and, and I do think that. It's yes, it's important to note that it's not a it's not a panacea. You get in the portal and everything's gonna work out rosy for you. I mean, you, you still gotta win a spot, you know, and, and uh a fit still matters and you know, some it does it does kind of stink that we don't have some of the development stories that we used to have because guys are just jumping around looking for the next thing and, and you know, you don't have those as many of those kind of program guys emerging after kind of grinding away in their turns and learning from the older guys and um, you know, it's it's Look, nope. I don't know. I mean, the new era is, is, is what it is. We're stuck with it. Uh, we can we can rail about it and cry about it and tilt at windmills, but um, what can you do? I mean, you know, it's it's frankly necessary for for fairness for the student athlete. That's why we have it. Is because yeah. um, you know any other college student can transfer freely. I mean, you know, if I went to Carolina and I wanted to go to Texas A and M, God forbid, uh, I could have. <laughs> no, I could have. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's just, it's just, it's just, it is what it is guys. We're stuck with it and we just better make the best of it. Yep. Very fair. Well, you could have gone from Stanford to A&M. Yeah, yeah there's that too. 
Yeah. Hey, let's let's and you can you guys can uh, keep the feel free to keep the open discussion open. But Kendall, let me ask you this because you you really uh, led the charge on this list, which by the way looks just like a bearish process like trying to put these uh, it took a while I think yeah i, I can imagine maybe four hour four and a half hours on it i'm sure who's a player that was really interesting to you uh, kr that as you went through this list yeah so I, i'll can i give you can i give you three quick ones and sure. i won't give the ranking into two of them because we haven't gotten to them yet um i'll start with michael hawkwist from uh, minnesota crookston who's going to ball state wow um he was a northwoods player of the year he hit 353, I think it was like 14 or 15 home runs, like 59 RBIs in the summer. Just uh, just a great-looking physique. Uh, I'm very intrigued to see what he does at Division One level. I think the other two guys for me that really stand out right now is I go to Oklahoma. Um, Austin Henry, a right-handed pitcher out of Wichita State, he was a little banged up last year, so uh, I don't think he actually pitched at all for them. But, you know, with their coaching change, he transfers to Oklahoma and early reports out of Norman are that he has been 95, 97 with like elite spin rates on his breaking ball. That's always really intriguing. Uh, and then Brennan Gurton, you know, that's a household name. Mm. Like he was a guy that was a, you know, I remember seeing him as freshman year at Texas Tech at Globe Live and it was like 96, 98. And the you know, things just haven't been the same for him. But, um, you know, he the other returns at Oklahoma are that he's off to a really good start with, under Skip Johnson. So, you know, I think uh, Gurton being kind of a – you know, we, we talk about the portal, right, being this, this, this you know, monster and all this stuff. But, like, for, you know, for every, like, iffy transfer, there's like four or five, six kids. It's like a great bounce-back story. Like a Brenton Gurton, Brenton Gurton, who was kind of down the depth chart at Texas Tech because of his own struggles – goes to Oklahoma, Skip Johnson can kind of figure things out with him. He has a great year. That's a great bounce back story. So uh, he's really intriguing to me just because he's a, he's a kid that we've seen really good and a kid that we've also seen be pretty average. Yeah. And, and it's a, I, I think what you, the point you just made, Kendall, needs to be repeated that, hey, sometimes the transfer is actually a mutual agreement. You know, yeah. the coach and the player look at each other like, hey, we tried, and maybe it's best that we part ways – you know, and, and, and see what happens. Now I would say, you know, I am torn on this whole concept of the NCAA is really taking a hard line on a second transfer, right? Like you basically get, you get one time and then when you graduate and I'm seeing some kids that I perceive as being stuck at the school they transferred to, like they bit off more than they can chew. And now they're just stuck there because they can't transfer again without sitting out. But, you know, again, I, it, it's to your point a moment ago, Fitzy, it's just, it's, it's an imperfect thing that we're trying to normalize. And yeah. it's, it's a lot. Go ahead, Joe. What's uh give, give me a, a player, a, a thought if you wish, and a player that's interesting to you. Yeah. Quickly. I'll just say, I think that's part of the reason why, even if we were going to do, cause let's face it, Aaron's mentioned, Hey, we've had people reach out and say, well, yeah, why don't you write about these, these kids that don't work out? I mean, respectfully part of the reason they're asking us to do that is because they're hoping that we can put some scare stories out there to settle to 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 lead the jury if you will yeah um that's a that's really not our not our job um but but also i just think these kids are smart these kids talk in not only throughout the season but especially in summer ball like and you you talk runes about some of these kids being stuck and and I feel for them too like this is not a this is not me saying hey you get what you get like I do feel for them that sucks but that that word gets around you know um that hey look you know be make sure this is for you this isn't 
it's not just going to be a situation where you can, Hey, I'm going to go here and try it. And if it doesn't work out, I'll go somewhere else. Like it's not that simple maybe. So, um, so that's that, um, player wise, I think the most, one of the most interesting transfers this year to watch is going to be Derek Fabian going from Florida to Auburn. And there's multiple layers to this, right? Um, I've always been fascinated as a genre of the highly regarded power conference guy who just doesn't for whatever reason click at his first stop and some of this was out of Derek Fabian's control he, he got hit with a pitch like right before the season started last year and then Cade Curlin came and just kind of gobbled up a bunch of bats that maybe we didn't anticipate him gobbling up and Fabian kind of struggled to get back in the mix but th- there's a genre of transfer highly touted guy at a major program it doesn't click but then because of the talent and the pedigree, he gets a second opportunity in a high profile place. Mm-hmm. And I feel like without having done the back research here, it feels like there's a pretty spotty history of those guys. Now, sometimes you get Tristan Cassis, right? Like that worked out pretty well for South Carolina. Um, but sometimes you, you don't get that in the player. It just turns out the player just wasn't what we thought he was coming out of high school. What makes this more interesting though, is that Derek Fabian, statistically speaking, had a really good summer on the Cape. Um, but then adding even more complication, when you look at the advanced metrics, it shows that he was one of the luckier hitters in the, on the Cape in terms of batted ball luck. So you, you're st- like, okay, there's this really kind of tricky classification of transfer that he already is. The numbers were good on the Cape, but how much of the numbers are smoke and mirrors? And then you kind of add to that that we're talking about an SEC to SEC transfer, and those tend to kind of get a lot of attention. So there's just going to be, I think, a lot of eyes on what that transfer ultimately uh what bears out for him. Second thing real quick is that um, the Sawyer Hawks transfer to Vanderbilt is one to watch. The obvious comparison to make is, is Paul Skeens because they're both coming from the air force Academy. That's obviously not fair to Sawyer Hawks (laughs) or any other human that will pitch in college baseball for the next decade. Right. But what I will say is that what I do think is an interesting thing to watch that is comparable in this, in terms of in the situations is that, I may have said this on another podcast with y'all, but the minute Paul Skeens got to LSU and was training to be a baseball player instead of a fighter pilot, his stuff ticked up immediately. Yeah, um, He was not the guy we saw last season when he was at Air Force. He was very good. He wasn't that mm-hmm. same guy. Sawyer Hawk's stuff was already pretty good at, at Air Force. What is he going to be next year? Because I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him come out there and us see a similar just kind of click in terms of uh, his stuff and pitchability because he's been spending his time um, – on the baseball field and not a flight simulator. So we'll see, but that, that one's intriguing to me. And the big picture thing there is like, we've talked about this, but between the pitching that Vanderbilt has coming back, big summers for guys like RJ Austin, Davis Diaz. Like, I know this is not breaking news to be like, Hey guys, guess what? Vanderbilt's going to be good, but we might have a vintage Vanderbilt team on our hands in 2024. I just kind of get, get that feeling. So we'll have to see, but, but Hawks could be a big part of that. Yeah. Even Jonathan Vastein reports or Fitzy, did you see Vastein in person? We had some. I did not. I know Joe. I don't know, you might have seen him or De- or Seif did. Seif didn't loved him. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Really Seif strong. is all, all in. I mean, yeah. They had they had a good summer as, as a program. I mean, Grayson um, uh, Carter. Carter really Carter. took a really took a, a step forward with his pitchability. Obviously, he's always had a bazooka, ninety five, yeah. ninety nine guy. But um, you know, breaking ball is not all the way there, but it's coming. He's he's yeah. I, I'm with Joe. I mean, I'm certainly yeah. buying stock at Vanderbilt for this year. Yeah. Hey, Fitzy, before you do your transfer, Joe, I want to – so you said something really – first of all, Joe, I love that you used the word genre instead of phylum 
you know, Thank like, you. like just stick it to Clint. Like you take your phylum <laughs> word and your guardian swag and get out of here. I like that was That's like, yeah, me, me and Clint notoriously adversarial people, you know, <laughs> yeah, the, least, not surprised. the least two adversarial people, whatever the antonym for adversarial is. That's you too. Yeah. Where it Clint. The ultimate friend raisers, but you, you, what you, what you said, Joe, is a great. So you said the kids are smart, like they get it. Like when, when a transfer fails, they get it. Like that is something that gets neglected by me. But I will say this: one thing, eighteen to twenty-two year olds are not great at sometimes is self-assessment. And you know, like there's that fearlessness that, hey, I saw that kid fail, but it won't be me. Or you know, like when we were recruiting Dustin Bedroya, we had returned. Dennis Wyrick, who started 56 games at shortstop, and every team that was recruiting Pedroia is telling him, hey, Arizona State started a freshman, Dennis Wyrick, 56 games at shortstop last year, and he was also a Division I football recruit. Like, you're not beating that kid out. And Pedroia's like, the hell I ain't, right? Like, he's like, Wyrick is the one that needs to be sweating this, not me. So, you know, like, that, 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 and they're not all Pedroia, but I will say this, like, I don't think it's lost on any of us that we do have this perverse incentive in the portal with NIL for agents that they can monetize transferring. You know, I don't think that's lost on any of us. It's not lost on other sports. And that's something that I don't know if it can be um, fixed or whatever, or if it should be honestly, but that, that is, that's a concern that I have that, you know, Hey, if I, if I'm representing Aaron fit and I can get him to transfer and NIL is involved, although NIL could be involved if he stays um, and I get, I've, I've heard that agents are getting more than the five to 10% what's normal on NIL money. I've heard that, that, that all bets are off on the percentages there, but again, it's vintage NIL, right? Like it's a, I'm hearing things. I don't know anything. I haven't seen one piece of paper that's got anything Mm -hmm. documented on it. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's a lot like this, this, the kind of gets back to your point, uh, you know, a, a couple of moments ago, Fitzy, it's just, it's this whole planet that we've landed on and now we're trying to figure out, how to live there. So and, go ahead, Fitzy, any comments there and, and give us yeah. a player that's intrigues you. Yeah. And you know, you have some, obviously some success stories of guys who could, like Jacob Wilson could have gone anywhere in the country last year. Yeah, I mean, and he stayed at grand Canyon and he made himself what 5 million bucks or something in the draft. I mean, he did pretty well. Sure um, did. And there are those stories, you know, the, the guys were loyal to their mid majors, and um, but like he also was maybe you know I mean I'm sure they weren't the Wilson family probably weren't, wasn't hurting for money like he doesn't yeah. need to go chase nil money I don't blame a kid who is maybe doesn't come from that kind of a background and you know 100 grand or 200 grand that who, who could say um, you know that that that's important money you know I mean I, I was in college I would have loved that extra 100 grand hell you know, you, you know let's 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 go. Um, the English walking department around at Sam Houston State was sniffing around Fitzy Joe. Yeah, yeah. we knew your hands were all over that. <laughs> but anyway, um, but yeah, just important to know that there are, you know, there are there are cases of guys who have stayed put and right. it's worked out very well for them. So let's not let's not lose that either. Twenty eight of the thirty one kids on the U.S. this the college national team did not go in the portal. You know, like the, the overwhelming majority just were plenty happy to stay where they were. So. Yep. I mean, I know Runes was was kidding, but it's important we don't disparage some of the arts programs at Sam Houston State University. Uh, Richard Linklater graduated from there. You ever heard of him? Filmmaker? Yeah, yeah he's a guy. Dazed, dazed and confused. He's a guy. <laughs> oh, that's well played. Oh, and Joe, your your in pod Google game is like elite, elite. It really is. Yeah, fingers work quick. You, you, 
Yeah. I also yeah. looked up famous Iceland athletes. So shout out to Magnus Ver Magnuson, the world's strongest man from the late nineties, early two thousands. Probably uh, the most famous Iceland uh, Icelandic off, athlete, at least completely to Americans. off the rails. Magnus von Magnuson. I thought that was a fake person. That's he once carried an eighteen wheeler down the street. Something like that. Did. They used to carry those boulders and they'd have to yeah. put them up on pedestals, you know, and like it was yeah. always thought it was like fake or something. Like, no way that guy can drag that thing on the street. Yeah. Uh, pretty oh, strong. I love it's, it. Good Go ahead, stuff. Fitzy. Fix us. Speaking of strong, um, I'm gonna <laughs> give you, you I'm gonna give you uh let's talk about Peyton Chatonier. Oh good call. I, I don't know. He's 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 another breakfast size player that i just he is. He's maybe not that strong maybe not as strong if it as had magnus. a smile on his face when he <laughs> he had a smile on your face like he expected us to like celebrate that choice or something like he does have a national championship well, because because of the segue you know from magnus yeah. one magnus uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ma- ver magnus ver magnus excuse me I, ver. Yeah. yeah i do i do love that get for them you know i mean he hit he he actually hit for a little bit of power last year but i mean the biggest thing for me is like you've got a guy who won a national championship and who, oh, by the way, he's an old guy who's like a great leader. Yeah, like best makeup in college plus baseball. Club, you like A plus clubhouse guy. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I thought I like what you wrote today, Kendall, on the site about him. He's an emotional player who always plays at 110%, and he's a perfect fit at, at TCU. I totally agree with yeah. that. I mean, I think he'd make anybody better, even, you know, I get the numbers haven't been as great um, as I, th- I thought he would, you know, really hit in college, and he's been up and down. But uh, the energy is valuable. You know, he's he's a fan favorite, and uh, I like that guy. I think it's a neat get for TCU. Uh, and I want to talk about Ethan Lanthier, one of my favorite Cape pop-up guys, mm. transferring from St. Cloud State to Kansas. Um, and uh, it's a good get, and I'm very intrigued to see what Dan Fitzgerald can do with him over there. Um, it's a, it's a really good arm. It really works. I mean, it's 93, 96 with kind of elite ride up in the zone. Missed a lot of bats with a fastball kind of tweaked his grip with the slider this summer. And that became kind of an out pitch for him, you know, still, still working on the changeup. So I don't know, you know, but I could see him if he can get that change up, if he can continue to develop the pitchability, maybe you roll him out there as a starter. You know, cause I saw him for several innings um, and it was, it was good. He, you know, sustained it. Um, but I just, that's a very exciting young arm that I'm, I'm intrigued to see, um, you know, at the, at the D one level with a really good pitching coach. Love they, uh, there's Go a ahead, transfer classes are kind of all about how a pro, where a program can find its niche, right? Because if you're Kansas, you can't shop in the same aisle as LSU is shopping at generally speaking. Um, and they've kind of found something. Uh, UConn does this really well too. BC does this really well. Uh, but KU, it, at least in that region, is it does this really well where they they recruit those guys from lower levels. Last year, Thaniel Trumper was was yeah. a guy who came down from a lower level who was one of their best arms. And so it's it's all in, in transfers. It's just kind of all about finding your specific niche of player that you can go get and, and maximize. And, and kind of KU feels like they've kind of found something there a little bit. Yeah, Duke, Notre Dame, like academic schools seem to have. Yeah, that's well said. It's just like recruiting high school players. Find out, you know, your your best fits. Let me give you guys one player, and then we'll we'll take a quick break, and we'll go to the uh, the test drive in the website. Michael Braswell was interesting to me. I think Michael Braswell's a nice player, but to see him go from South Carolina to LSU, in you know, if I'm being honest with myself, I thought Michael Braswell might go the opposite direction as far as like RPI rankings and try to find more guaranteed playing time uh you know his his ops first two years 740 725 
you know, he's a versatile defender, but I wouldn't call him a plus defender anywhere. Um, but it's interesting talking to people around LSU, Michael Braswell, they didn't play LSU did not play South Carolina his freshman year this year when they played in that epic regional or a two game series that you were at Fitzy Braswell played pretty good against LSU. Like the LSU people felt like Braswell stood out and he was on base four times in that series. I don't know if he played great defense or what happened, but it just like it, it was, it was revealing to me because the part about the transfer process that I wasn't accounting for is that some kids just have an awesome weekend against your team and you can't unsee that right like th this kid just helped beat your butt and now it's like okay i would rather not have to compete against him D did that stick out fitzy that he was yeah. good that weekend yeah yeah he was he was uh he was great at the press conference too you know which uh oh, nice. he, he played well enough to get into the press conference i, I certainly remember that but, <laughs> oh that's good um he was he was a great personality you know i i, I thought uh, he was a fun player and yeah he had a great weekend there yeah, Kendall, that's how the Klein Bengals operate too. Like anybody plays good against the Klein Bengals, next thing you know that kid's wearing orange and black. Uh, there's no doubt. I think we won the first game 35 to 7 and won last week 15 nothing. Off to a good start. Um, Defense. Yeah. So, you know, Braswell was kind of interesting when I was writing him up. You know, Braswell finished last year with a 975 Philly percentage. I, I just have a weird feeling about Braswell that his offensive numbers that he had at South Carolina, this isn't an indictment on South Carolina at all. But I just think it, when you go to a place like LSU, I kind of feel like his offensive number is going to tick up a little bit. I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to hit three, you know, 310 with nine home runs. But I think he's a guy that can mold into a 280, 290 type of hitter at LSU. Yeah. If he gets the job. I think that's – like, I'm with you, yeah. Kendall. Like, if he wins the everyday job, he will have a very good year. But I think the first part is tricky, right? Like, that is – it's not a layup for him to play. You know, like, it's – there are two jobs to win. He's going to have to win one of the middle infield jobs unless Tommy White gets hurt. And there is – real talent that he's going to have to beat out to get there. Now he'll be the oldest guy, you know, like as far as um, I'm, I'm enamored with some of the incoming freshmen yeah. and, you know, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Kendall. If he, if he plays every day, he'll, I'd be surprised if he doesn't put up really good numbers. I do think he's more of a second baseman than a shortstop for, for me. I, I think that's just where he fits a little better. I mean, he can play shortstop, but uh, ideally you'd have him at second. Yeah. Cool. Uh, boys, let's take a quick break and then we will come back and we will test drive the website. Hey, everyone. We're going to take a quick break from our discussion to hear a couple ads from our sponsors. How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Whoa, Dad, we're on Crunch Island. <gasps> He's Jean foot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last Crunch Berry. No! No one steals my crunch berries. I think you mean my crunch berries. Choose your own crunch venture with Captain Crunch. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms. 
then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. True or false? Walmart has eye care. True. Stop by Walmart to save and browse top designer frames right where you already shop. And they accept most insurance. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. All right, we're back. That was at the 2906 mark. Not that anybody cares or needs to know besides me and Chris Gennaro, but that notice can made. I, can I interject here on the transfer portal real quick? Please. So one thing that kind of stood out to me is like a final thought on this deal is, is like how much like coaching changes can really affect a team. And I was looking at Wofford, for instance. You know, they got Colson Buchanan, their number two starter, going to Bama. They've got Matthew Marshall, the number one starter, going to Clemson. And, oh, by the way, Todd and Donato took the head coaching job at Boston College. So, they just had some tough luck from a transfer portal standpoint. You know, Matthew Marshall, you know, we didn't mention him in our kind of round roundabout here, but, like, that's a really good addition for Clemson. I mean, I know he had an ERA over five last year, but let's not forget that two years ago, you know, Aaron did a huge profile on him because he was having such a great year for Wofford. So I actually really, really like that pickup for back at your company. And I'll say this, like Wofford's interesting. There's several programs like out there like this where they don't have any grad school. And so mm-hmm. they, they always, every year they lose these really quality 50 year players that they would love to keep, uh, but they can't keep them. They got nowhere to go. And so uh, he, Marshall's in that category, uh, 50 year guy. That's weird. They don't have grad school. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. just a Davidson college. is the same. Davidson. Yep. Interesting. Um, yep. And and so, uh, you know, of course, there's, and there's Ivy League guys. I think all those grad grad you school guys have to transfer. You can't play as a yep. graduate student, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, By the anyway, way, boys, that's something. That's a rule. Like, if if I were to kind of shimmy rules up the priority flagpole, like the red shirt rule that football is either has or I'm, I can't remember if they have it already, but we need a more lenient red shirt rule in baseball. Like grad transfers have been really good to college baseball and college baseball, I think has been really good to, um, or, or the grad transfer thing has been really good for players as a way to get into some schools and, and start that part of your education. If yeah. you're so motivated, but I, I do worry as we come out of the COVID window, um, I don't know, like our, our, our red shirt rules are antiquated. Like if a kid plays in 10 games and it's the last 10 games of the season, not the first 10 games, it's 10 games, right? Like he should get that year back and coaches should not feel like they've got to just shelf players, um, you know, because they're worried about burning the red shirt. Like I get it. If he starts 28 games, that's different. But I, I, I think we need more updated red shirt rules. It, it, I would, I would, I would say that's going to be important as we come out of COVID. Mm-hmm. So. There you go. Uh, boys, let's test, let's test drive the, uh, the website at the 31 sure. mark, 31, 32 minute mark of the uh, pod here. So uh, Fitzy, why don't you start? We'll just go around the horn. Give me a favorite part of the website. Kind of walk us to there and, yeah. and what you like about it. Well, and this is something if you're on desktop, you can find it in the uh, just under the main section in the right hand column. And if you're on mobile, you can find it under the menu. But the player search function is great. Um, you type in a player's name, it brings up his stats, but also, you know, any article he's been, he, he, he's been tagged in that we've written about. Um, so like, let's say we mentioned him in the 2021 fall report. 
Um, you can find a link to that in there and all the other stuff in between. Uh, and, and I just think that's, that's very, very useful. I don't know how many people know about that. Um, I love it. I use it all the time. If I'm out at a game somewhere, you know, I'll pull up my phone and just kind of see what we've written about a guy. And you can also, you know, you've got uh, subscribers also have access to advanced um, statistics on this thing. There's a, there's a little toggle button so you can, you can sort between home away and conference only statistics. Um, again, some of this stuff is new, you know, in the last year or two. Uh, but I, I think it's, uh, it's very valuable, you know, your strikeout rates and your X FIPS and Sierras and all this stuff. Like I've started becoming a little more savvy about some of those advanced stats since we've gotten them, frankly. Um, you know, I'm, I'm more of a traditional stats guy. I'm not, I'm not as traditional as Kendall. Like I, I had to twist Kendall's arm to, to, Make him mm. rely more on OPS than batting average, but we got there eventually. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm still new to a lot of the FIP and XFIP and Sierra, but I but I've started to, to use that stuff more, and we're doing power rankings and stuff, and I find it quite helpful. Um, and so anyway, uh, the player. See on the fantastic. mobile, so I'm with you. Like and and like, hey, this, this came up. We were talking about Jared Jones. You know, he seems to be the heir apparent in LSU as as a freshman, and it sounds like the the, the SEC kind of just beat him up. His overall numbers are pretty good, but you, you can kind of dive into the SEC part and you could see where he had those freshman growing pains. Uh, my follow-up question, Fitzy, was you mentioned the mobile. I, I, I don't, I'm not as good at using it on the mobile. How do you get to the player pages on the mobile? Yeah, so there's like that little three lines traditional menu mm-hmm. up there on the mobile site. Uh, when you click on that, it'll, it'll, uh, it'll just bring up the menu. Just like, it's it's okay, kind of like so. the, sa- the same thing as our uh, nav bar at the top of the desktop site. And, and, and there's just there. one that says player. There. Yeah, well, there's just like a search bar. A search oh, there's bar. a search bar. Okay, I see. I got you. Got you. So you would search the player. Yep. In the and, and his and his profile page will come up and just click. Okay. On that. Awesome. And I, yeah, that that is good stuff. Joe, so why don't you jump in here next? So a favorite uh, aspect of the website. Well, the SEC extra page, first of all. Uh, <laughs> that was going to be my first round draft choice. You just sniped me. It's fantasy football season. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, I, I do work over at SEC Extra, myself and Mark Etheridge, so check us out if you haven't. But my more serious answer is uh, we all try to, not just us working in this industry, but even as a fan, you know, you try to kind of read tea leaves and figure out what's going to happen in the next season, right? That's the only reason people read our fall reports and preseason previews and stuff like that is, hey, tell us what's going to happen. I think one overlooked piece of information that I think the average fan probably overlooks, and I even overlook doing this for a living, is coaching staff continuity and what teams have lost. And so if if you you maybe you look at Kendall's head coach carousel uh, piece just because that's where the headlines tend to go. But he also, if you go under scoop uh, on the on the homepage on him on desktop, you can also click into the assistant coaching carousel. Um, and I know this is a popular feature just among you know, in the industry, frankly, because, you know, other coaches like to see who's gone where and and what's happening, but just as a fan and you're trying to figure out, Hey, who in my conference, you know, uh, might take a step back or who in my conference has a little bit of a new look on their coaching staff, things like that. That's a really good reference to go in and kind of figure out. And, you know, you can look at, for example, no one's, you know, we all know Mississippi state really struggled on the mound last year. That's well known. But if, if you're in a smaller conference and say, man, that, that team just really, you know, didn't pitch well last season. Well, you can go in and see, did they make a change at pitching coach or are they kind of running it back? You, so you, you can kind of understand a little bit of, of what's happening behind the scenes with a, with a program. And so again, not the headline grabber of, of the head coaches moving around, but obviously all kinds of assistant coaching movement. And this year adding on top of it, moving 
what were volunteer coaches into full-time positions. So if you don't know who your program's third paid assistant coach is, if they are doing one, that page will help you out a little bit and see who that is. And, and then you can do your own research on the person. So anyway, the assistant coaching carousel, just a, a useful resource to know who is where. It's a great pull, Joe. I didn't, I, I, you know, obviously we all follow Kendall's Twitter handle or X handle religiously for that stuff, but I didn't realize it was sorted by school, which I guess is the way it would have to be sorted. But that is a, that's a great exercise. Just, I was just scrolling through there while you were talking and you kind of see, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a good pull. That's exactly what we were, we were looking for there. Um, SEC extra is still available as a draft pick, by the way, Joe violated draft rules. He selected two things. So if anyone wants to select SEC extra, they're still available. So there you go. Kendall, go ahead. You know, it, it's, you ever been it's on this website, KR? You know, uh, every <laughs> once in a while. Um, it's interesting that Joe mentions the coaching carousel because uh, I'm going to call out athletic directors right now because I remember what three or four years ago when athletic directors said they had no money to pay for a third assistant coach. And in the last week, guys, Western Illinois, Go Illinois State, and Oakland University are all funding a third assistant. So, Heck yeah, I don't know about you, but if freaking western illinois can fund a third assistant coach you cannot tell me that everyone else you know can't either so that's, uh, that's just one kind of takeaway is, is just the number of schools that i'm really and i and i know that like at the end of the day like we're journalists to some degree um hmm. you know we're not supposed to push a narrative but like i'm legitimately like proud of a lot of these programs that Heck yeah you know three years ago you never would have thought would fund a third assistant and they're all finding a way to do it. Now, some of these jobs of, you know, and I won't name names on, on schools, but like some of these jobs, coaches admit like, Hey, they're not making a ton, but they're making a hell of a lot more than they were as a volunteer. So, yeah. I mean, it, it steps forward for our sport uh, in general. So I just want to make a comment on that. But the other thing too, let me, let me interject real go quick, ahead. Go ahead, because, because I think uh, just to, piggyback something you said we are journalists but we're also columnists and personalities yeah. and analysts people do want to hear what we what we think and yeah. this is something that we think we we believe i think all of us believe pretty strongly in this these you know every program that has the money to do it and a lot of them do that haven't done it yet you need to be funding your third assistant like get yeah. after it yeah. yeah, and no, I don't care exactly. what you pay the volunteer. I mean, you guys know I lived that job for 18 months, and Pat Murphy, you know, Coach Murphy took took he made sure I was not going to starve and be, you know, living outside. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, like I, you can't pay them enough, in my opinion. Like having benefits, having a real paycheck that comes every two weeks, like that's recruiting you know, experience. Yeah, getting out on the road, it's huge. like yeah, it's 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 huge, like. And yeah, to, to all your guys' points, bravo to the schools that have done it. Um, Freaking awesome. Just absolutely awesome. Um, in terms of things to look at on the site, uh, I, I could probably just like say it every single day, but like the, the summer league stuff that the, the staff's cranking out, just specifically with the Cape has been awesome. You know, I know Joe kind of said the fall report serves as kind of a, a guiding light going into the season. I kind of feel like the, the Cape stuff, and Patrick's coverage kind of serves as a guiding light going in the fall. Like, what are some things I want to keep an eye on? The, the biggest thing to me that kind of stands out is I was reading, I think it was the Aaron that wrote this, but it was one of the Cape reports. And like, I was reading Tanner Witt's P like section and I'm sitting there going like, Ooh, like what, like what the hell happened to this guy? And so like now 
when I go to Austin, like I'm going to make sure I go on a day that he pitches because he's really struggled in the summer to some degree. And so I kind of want to see if he regained his stuff a little bit. So for me, for someone who doesn't go or, you know, hasn't been in the Cape in a while, like those are really beneficial because now I kind of know, Hey, if I'm going to call a coach for a big 12 uh, report or an SEC report in the fall, I kind of know to ask about, hey, so-and-so really scuffled the Cape. Like, what do you see from him? Or so-and-so was really good at the Cape. Did you kind of see the same thing? So I kind of feel like it serves as a guiding light for not only fans, but also us as riders going in the fall. Yeah, love that. I'm gonna, I am actually going to use my draft pick to select the fall reports because I just love I, – I think they are – I lean on them all the time. Like, in the fall, I love reading them. I love writing them. Because it's like you're you're really diving into the next season, and <laughs> and I think I've shared with you guys like when I'm getting when I'm preparing for an ESPN game in the spring, we get to talk to the coaches, and it's really interesting to hear their thoughts. And I love to go back and reread the fall report and compare it to what the coach is saying now, because you know like we all we see this every year, like um, you know some kids are fall stars, right? Like they just dominate the fall and then they disappear in the spring. Other kids are the opposite. And I just think we always have players that emerge in the season that were kind of mystery men in the fall. And I also think, you know, you've made this point many times, Fitzy, where the fall report is a it's a it's a consummate look at the program. Right. We don't just do the starting nine. We just don't do the reliever and the setup guy. I mean, you you really get a, an eyeball into recruiting and how that went and what's the vibe around the program. People mostly have their guards down in the fall. Again, like I just think the fall reports are, um, you know, like I, I, I told you guys beforehand, I, Charlie Condon is really top of mind for me right now, where a kid goes from red shirt to Northwoods League, possible. He might even be in the MVP. I don't know. And then I mean, he's a first, you know, he's basically he's in the conversation for first team All-American. I can't remember if he achieved that or not, but he was certainly in that conversation. And it's like, man, that's a trajectory. So I'm dying to go back and read the fall report from his freshman fall. Like, what, did he like not know how to tie his shoes, or was he just behind older players? You know, like, did he think he was left-handed? It actually turns out he's right-handed. I don't know. Uh, I'm curious. So anyway, I don't want to belabor the point, but I, I just, I love the fall reports. One of my very favorite things that we do. Yeah, agreed. It's uh, they're a lot of fun to do, and we do over a hundred of them. You know, there's. 300 programs, we, we can't get to them all um, with our staff, but, but I think over 100 every year is pretty darn good. Awesome. You know, it's, it's, yeah. a lot of, it's a lot of good content that comes out in the fall. Great time to subscribe. Hey, to d1baseball.com. Hey, we have a coupon code, KR? August 35. Is that still in for play, two more, For two more days. Yeah. Yep. I, I've been told I need to cool it with the coupons for a while. Oh, so, Jeez, coupon candle <laughs> getting hand slapped. August 35. In the next two days, you get 35% off. After that, the coupon code is go carrots go in honor of the uh, my fantasy football team that's going to bring it home this fall. Now go carrots go will not get you any discount, but we we do appreciate the moral support. So there you go. Yeah, Fitzy, take us somewhere else on the website, please. Well, um, I I am going to go ahead and take the low hanging fruit here. SEC extra guys, the you bomb. guys are crushing it. I mean, you know, and the, the stuff this summer that they're doing. Uh, you know, first of all, the podcasts have been great. We had Coach Vaughn on there. Uh, you know, Wes Johnson. I love getting the new SEC head coaches on the pods. Um, I haven't, uh, I haven't listened to uh, the Wes Johnson one yet, but I'm excited to dive into that one. Um, it's just such a, you know, you guys are all over it. We got, you had a piece, Joe, about um, LSU position players heading into the fall, and um, 
you know, Mark had a, had a piece on, on Vaughn and it's just uh, you hit some summer ball standouts. It's just for, for this, you see diehards. It's just such a no brainer. You know, it's just such a great resource. Um, we hope you're subscribing to it more promotion here, but I mean, it's just, it's awesome. I love the work that you guys do. I love that we have this product uh, and it's just made us better, you know, as a company. So hats off my friend. Yes. Oh, that's, that's so, so nice. Thank you guys so much. Joe, your pod, your pod with Rob Vaughn was mm-hmm. incredible because mm-hmm. Rob was very forthright around something that you don't think about. Like, hey, Greg Byrne, the AD at Alabama, didn't wait until after the season to start his coaching search because you can't do that, right? So it's like I thought that was really interesting in the podcast that, you know, coaches have to balance this thing where, hey, I've got a really good team that I think could potentially go to Omaha – but at the same time, like someone's talking to me about an opportunity that would change my career. You know, like it's I, I, I think we we are all cognizant of that balancing act that coaches have to perform. But it was I've never I've never heard it, you know, verbalized that way before, such that you you actually are getting to kind of think along with the coach. I, I, I thought that podcast, you guys have done some really good ones. That one really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I mean, Mark does the heavy lifting, let's be honest, but you know, I'm just kind of the pretty face behind the operation. Somebody's got to be. That's right. Right. That's right. Right. Yeah. Joe, take us somewhere else on the website, please. Let's see. I, so this is going to sound simplistic, um, but I'm going to, you know how, let me use, let, let me really torture this metaphor. You know how, like there are certain medications that were originally intended for one thing, but now they get prescribed maybe for a little something else. Off-label usage. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, for example, went through a period of time in my life, I was having trouble sleeping. I was prescribed trazodone, which was not used as sleeping medication initially, but it has kind of evolved into that. So obviously the schedule page is is truly the uh, seed of what D1 baseball is now, right? So... um, and so people in season really uh, get a lot of use out of that. But I would urge you when you first, when, when that thing first gets loaded, so like it's not in there now, so don't go look now, but that thing typically gets loaded with a couple weeks before the season starts. And there's actually nothing I enjoy more than just kind of clicking through that sucker for a couple weeks, just to kind of look at it and see, cause we're going to pay a lot of attention to in the first couple of weeks, the, you know, tournaments that peak events is putting on, uh, the minute made classic, you know, maybe some games in Arizona, whatever it is, but there are always series and tournaments that you've forgotten about that are kind of happening under the surface. And that's a really good way to kind of get acquainted with the season that's in front of us. So again, it doesn't do you a lot of good right now, but, but once we get that thing loaded, that's just a, f- a fun way to set the table for what we're going to see moving forward. Love that. Is there anything better for us? Now, not everyone maybe has the luxury that we do, but like starting to sketch out your first five weeks of the season, you know, like I might go here, I might go there. Oh gosh, that is the best. Kendall, take us somewhere else on the website. You're muted. Take us to the unmute button. I'm going to go somewhere that I'm not even sure that you guys even know exists. Uh, If you go under transfers on the nav bar and go down to the transfer portal leaderboard, you know, we've talked so much about the transfers and who's going where. Well, with this, you can actually sort uh, every single person that entered the transfer portal by step. So Whoa. you can go OPS, batting average, home runs. So it kind of gives you a pretty good snapshot going in the fall and even potentially going in the spring uh, of 
kind of, hey, who went the portal and who were like the top portal guys from a statistical standpoint? So one thing I do want to add before the season starts is a tab or like a column for where they ended up. Yeah. But it's still a pretty cool little tool to see, hey, like who are the top like, you know, 25 OPS guys that entered the portal this offseason? Awesome. I like that feature too because it it's what I liked about earlier in the offseason right after the draft was it it really illustrates some of the risk involved. We in college baseball for a long time we've understood the risk of hey, recruit high school players who are going to get drafted at your own peril. Um transfers are kind of the same way, right? So you yeah. look, you pull up this leaderboard and it's it's sorted uh, what is it sorted by by default. But regardless, I mean, the top guys in this list, however it's sorted by by default, um, Charlie Pagliarini signed, Joe Redfield signed, Sam Mangelli signed, Ryan Galani signed, Brock Rodden signed. Um, then you start to get into Billy Amick and Trace and Hughes and, and Braden Montgomery. But um, mm-hmm. so it, it does just kind of go to show that, you know, the, the risk that you're kind of taking on by putting some eggs in, in the transfer basket. And it's, it's, it's a different challenge, man. I feel like I owe Charlie Pagliarini, a, a, an apology. I got so, um, you know, I got, I get so enamored with, uh, with the karate kid, uh, mm-hmm. Nick LaRusso that I, uh, I'd whiffed on Charlie Pagliarini Fairfield with 97 ribeye steaks. It's a good Boy. year. <laughs> yeah. A really yeah. I mean, he, year. I remember looking it up when I wrote his transfer up because correct me if I'm wrong, was he going to A&M Kendall? Was that yeah, right? Pagliarini, yeah. 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 So like when I was writing him up in my transfer updates at SEC extra, uh, his 24 home runs, I think not only were the record at Fairfield, but were the record by a wide margin. And he's the career. I mean, he's like, has, Basically, he has the two highest hitting home run seasons in Fairfield history. He rebroke his own record and like truly ran away with it this year. And I think he's also the career leader at Fairfield at this point, which how could you not if you had the two yeah. highest single single seasons? Well, but yeah, and, and the previous record that he broke was 2022. He hit 13 and then he hit 24 this year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just like it. it yeah, it was it, just a power season unlike anything Fairfield has has seen. So just kind of a cool micro story that I feel like most people probably don't know about. That's awesome. That's a great pull right there, Kendall. Um, has everyone gone? Tw- I figure we should just go twice and then we'll wrap it. Has everyone gone twice but me? Yeah. Yes. So let me give us give us one more thing. So if you go on the website and you go under stats, you guys taught me this. The the Again, I'm on the website, not on mobile, but you go to stats and the drop down will give you national leaders, which I'm on that one all the time. Like you can basically sort by, you know, categories like hit by pitch or stolen base or hits or runs or you know, for pitchers, you could do walks or strikeouts, whatever you want to do. Um, the other thing that's really cool is you could do conferences. And I think you could probably get here several different ways, but I could go to like the AAC, the American conference. So I'm going to click on them. And then if you just scroll down, so it takes me to the American page and it's going to show you the standings. It's going to show you like yesterday's schedule, today's schedule, and then you'll see American athletic conference leaders. And it's got a leaders page, which is very convenient. And then there's a, 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 a link there called full conference stats. And now you're going, and again, you could look at this as overall, you could look at this as in conference only. So, you know, again, f- this kid, Justin Murray from Houston, who I think is a two way player, he mm-hmm. pops up right away where he hit 379, led the league with 58 RBIs, had 20 steals, really, really interesting player who I, you know, truthfully need to learn more about. I think he's, left-handed too so anyway i i I've really like that whole stats element our website ha- is just so 
user friendly when it comes to stats. And I am, I'm a stat guy. I'm not really an advanced stat guy. Um, the way you said it fits is probably where I, I live too. I just love numbers. Some of the ones that get a little in the weeds just get confusing to me, but I do like to know the numbers. Like I, 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 I like the numbers. I'm glad you brought this one up. Cause I was going to mention this feature earlier. There's a couple of things you can do here that are fun. Uh, one is you can sort by position, which, you Ooh, know, I didn't I, know you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I lean on that heavily when do, doing the position power rankings, of course, you sort by OPS and then by position. So you can see, um, you know, wow. all the short stops sorted by OPS or whatever. Uh, secondly, if you click on the advanced, the advanced tab, like advanced pitching, for instance, um, you can see the national leaders and, and things like strikeouts to walks. Does anyone want to guess who uh, led the country in strikeout to walk uh, ratio this year? Nolan Chanuel, I assume. No, I'm talking Maybe about for, for, uh, for pitchers. Sorry. Oh, pitching. Yeah. Sorry. I, I but, did but a that's a, that's a there. pretty darn good guess for, for hitters. <laughs> uh, Skeens? Was it Skeens? Skeens was up there, but he was not. Shanwell was, in fact, the correct answer for, uh, for for hitters. Not surprisingly, just ahead of Jacob Wilson and Mike Bovey from uh, Omaha. Uh, Go anyway, Mavs. Um, Skeens was third, uh, 10.49 strikeouts per walk. Um, second, oh boy, I'm going to butcher this name. Brent, Brent Al- Alazas. I should know Alizaz. how to say it. Alazas, I'd say. Yeah, Alazas from, yeah. from Xavier. Number one. Josh Bookbinder hey from, now. from Winthrop, guys. 21.88 strikeouts per walks this year. That's, that's pretty good. That's uh, 42 strikeouts and two walks on the season in 57 innings. That'll play. That's pretty you know, good. You know, I've always heard that he's very tightly wound, so it's very yeah. impressive. <laughs> you know what I like about that name is like so many names, so many names in our culture are based on jobs, right? Like the, the nickname, you know, Porter, right? Like that was yeah. a job, right? I don't know the, the bookbinder also a job, but not yeah. one you see used as a, as a last name all that often. It's kind of a new family. You know, they didn't start until they started binding books. Uh, That's right. Roughly, yeah. roughly their roughly, new money. Yeah, roughly fifteen hundred years new, ago. New money. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the stats page by conference, by the way, like th- that was a good pull because, it, frankly, and I, I don't mean to call anyone specifically out, but how good certain conferences are at updating mm-hmm. stats page and giving you a lot of sortability can really vary league by league. And that's yeah, not like even their, necessarily their like page. a, you mean like if you went yeah, to their website, if you went yeah. to whatever conference.org, like yep. are sometimes not great. And that's not even like in a, a big conference versus small conference thing. Oh, that's largely true. But there's sometimes there, there are great small conference websites that are really well done. And then there are others that just, you know, yeah. and those guys have hard jobs. Let me be very clear. Like I'm not point, but I, all I'm saying is that, if you're frustrated by your stats experience, trying to find a certain conference's leaders and whatnot, we've, we've got you covered. I always appreciate Joe's willingness to be very clear. He, 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 that's, that's like a classic Joe, <laughs> Joe phrase. Let me be very clear. I, I love that. Yeah, let me be very clear. The, reality, about the reality is... More seconds around the topic. <laughs> the, Joe, the reality is you have to be very yeah, clear. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> quick quick shout out to our partners at 643. Uh, yes. For... for you know, providing the stats, the advanced stats that we have, lots of cool f- features here. This year, we added the uh, the win probability section on the uh, on on the schedule pages. So, like, if you were to go to look at, um, so I happen to be looking at Josh Bookbinder, so I look at Winthrop, um, and and you look at their Tuesday, April twenty fifth game against Charlotte. You can click on the, the win probability, and it has like a graph of all the plays in the game and how each one affected um you know each team's win probability so like you know when when 
Strauss homer to center field in the uh, the, the sixth inning, you know, it, that gave Charlotte a big boost, you know, so like you yeah. can kind of see and you can see the dramatic shifts, you know, uh, this is some, a feature that we need to do more with next year. I think we want to kind of highlight some of the, the really like wacky games where they had dramatic shifts in win probability or, or the or the specific plays that added the most win probability in a game or in a season. Uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. So we, these are things that we're still kind of uh, exploring, but thanks to our friends at 643 yeah. Charts, we're getting better and better every year. Runes, there's one more page I want to mention that's my favorite is if you go to d1baseball.com slash subscribe. That's one of my uh-huh. favorite pages on the whole website. That's right. Keeps the uh-huh. enterprise look at, alive. Look at this so. guy. Pros yeah. pro. This guy. Hey, Kendall, <laughs> always be closing. ABC, baby. ABC. Always, you always got to be selling fit. Coffee is for closers. That's now, right. on that note, um, by the way, like I'll, I'll put a cap on the 643 stuff, Fitzy. Like, hey, Vance Honeycutt is a guy last year that was really fascinating. And I caught myself diving into those 643 stats because you're looking for reasons. You know, like, hey, why is why are all his numbers down in a year when his walks are up and his strikeouts are down, right? Like, he's doing the things that we said he needed to improve upon, but his overall numbers. Now, again, in fairness, Vance Honeycutt was injured and – like sometimes that that's what it is, right? Like the player is just dealing with something, but Hey, uh, to Kendall's point, let, let's do homework for you listeners. So there, there is never a bad time to get a subscription to D one baseball.com or sec extra, but I feel confident saying this is absolutely the best time. The fall season is so fun. I think you can hear it in our voices. The juices are flowing. Fall practices are getting ready to start. We're starting to get our arms around who's on what rosters. Um, now is the time. So we mentioned for the next two days, August 35, get you 35% off, but that's only until September 1st when things get hot and heavy. Um, if you are watching this on YouTube, please hit subscribe. That is really, really helpful. Also, if you are um, listening to us on, on a podcast app, please rate and review us. We have not had a review in a, um, in a while. So please rate and review us. Um, I, I'm not open to constructive criticism, not teachable and coachable. If you want to try and coach me up, f- we're not making free. people mad enough friends. <laughs> That's right. My wife was trying to coach me up on how to clean sinks today and was not, not pleased with uh, J Row was not pleased with my coachability or aptitude in that area. Um, and that may have led to some some unrest in the clubhouse, but that's all good. It's all part of a twenty year marriage. Um, so if you want to if you want to leave some feedback in the rate and review, go for it. But what I really want to know is, give me something interesting about you. Like where'd you play little league? Give me your, your high school team's mascot. What's your favorite number? Your fantasy football team name? We want to get to know you. So if you're a fan. Great and review us and give us something interesting. What is your superpower? A fun fact about you. Uh, if you have relatives in Iceland that Joe should visit when he and the great Mrs. Healy are over there. So, uh, gentlemen, anything I missed there? But you got it all. You crushed it. This was a heck of a heck of a podcast for the the, the dead days of August, guys. I feel like yes. we won this one. Yeah. yeah we, right. Hashtag undefeated. win every podcast. That's good. Yeah. Hashtag remain undefeated. D one baseball <laughs> podcast. So, gentlemen, that was a pleasure. Very good. Everyone have a great week. Uh, that's it. We will catch you next time on the D one baseball podcast. The D one baseball podcast is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Whoa, well, Dad, we're on Crunch Island. <gasps> it's Jean foot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last Crunch Berry. No! 
No one steals my crunch berries. I think you mean my crunch berries. Choose your own crunch venture with Captain Crunch. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.